0: Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Today we're coming to a passage where Jesus brings some real clarity to the disciples. Twelve disciples, they've just left Nazareth. They were rejected, didn't go really well, and Jesus taught them a lesson about rejection and, and how to deal with that. And now we're coming to this next passage where Jesus is sending them out two by two. But he gives instructions to them about what they're supposed to take, what they're supposed to do, and what they're supposed to say. Now, one of the core values here at Faith Bible Chapel is that we believe that though we believe you can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and you can make a difference, we believe that you are called to make a difference. Meaning this: every person that is a part of this church is—you're not just a member; you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you go, wherever wherever you walk that's who you are you don't have to be on a platform and uh, and, and and preach in front of a camera or something to be used of god you are called by god anointed by him given a, a mission to walk it out on this earth wherever you are do you believe it And so Jesus is giving these instructions to the disciples on how to minister. But he's also talking to us today and he's teaching us how to live a simple Christian life. How many here could say a big amen if your life was a little bit more simpler than what it is now? Amen. Amen. We're busy. We are so busy. And we have made church... So busy over the years. I'm not criticizing it because the motive was to reach as many people as possible. But what happened is our busyness, not just, I'm talking about the church as a whole, 20th century, 21st century church. Our busyness began began to become the, the measuring stick of like, are we succeeding or not? Well, I don't know. Let's see how busy we are. Matter of fact, we as human beings are always caught up in this performance mentality. That's why if I was to walk up to 90% of you, I said, hey, how's life going? What's going on with you? You know what you tell me? Man, it's busy. Man, it's it's busy, man. I'm so busy and I'm I'm busy. Somewhere we have believed the lie that busyness equals success. And Jesus said, Uh-uh, I don't think so. And so, for we as a church, what is God saying to us today through his word? How does he want to challenge us both personally and us as a church family? Because I want to live the simple life that Jesus wants me to live. There's something beautiful about the simple life. I grew up in a small town. Simple life makes me really happy. If one of my, my, my biggest decisions for the day needs to be, do I, do I deep fry it or, or bake it? That's one of my biggest decisions, you know. But I like the simple life because God created us to be people of peace, people of rest, people of, of surety, not people of anxiety and busyness and craziness, which many of us fall into that very trap. So Jesus talks to us today about busyness. Matter of fact, there, there are people today, I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but they're individuals who, they try to limit things in their life. They actually, um, there's like a, a list that you need. Thank you so much, Matt. You're a good man. Come on, give Matt a hand. Thank you, Matt. <clears throat> They limit their possessions. They're called minimalists. Anybody ever heard of minimalist? They, they, only, they only want a certain amount of clothes, a certain amount of personal possessions, a certain amount of things. And, and they, they are disciplined not to fall into the stuff trap. Because many of us in our lives can fall into the trap of stuff, seeking stuff, busyness. And somehow because if we have a lot of stuff and if we're super busy, oh, I'm successful. Except we're exhausted and we realize we're not being successful. So Jesus gets his disciples and he leads them along the way. And here you have Jesus. Actually, he was ahead of his time. He was one of the first theological minimalists we have of the Bible. And here he is, Mark chapter 6. Let's jump in and let's follow this with, as the instruction he gives to his disciples. Calling the 12 to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These, <clears throat> these were his instructions. Take nothing. Everybody say, take nothing. take nothing. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your, in your belts. Wear sandals. But not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the instructions we're going to learn from today about how to live the simple life, the simple Christian life for us as believers. And The Lord wants us to understand these simple instructions. I'm actually going to approach this a little different than, uh, than probably I've heard it approached before. And I want to take some very practical things from this and apply it to our lives. So everybody say the simple life. So Jesus today, we're going to learn some simple instructions from Jesus to us. They're going to be simple, just so you're aware. They're going to be simple. It would be really weird for me to teach a complicated message off of one of the most simplest things that Jesus has spoken to us today. But let's learn something and let's apply this to our life. Number one, he gave us a simple message of hope to receive and to give. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most simple message. Many people in the church today actually are intimidated, I believe, by by the simplicity of the gospel or the simplicity of the Bible. They're always looking for, ooh, what does it not say? What are the mysteries? And what I want to hear something I've never heard of before, and we chase after these people that we go and they, they talk about something that we've never heard before. Now, here's what a professor told me in college: he says, Beware of those who are teaching things that have never been heard before because there's a reason why those things have never been heard before. You get it? And this message from Jesus, 2,000 years. Listen, it's as clear as a bell. This message of the gospel, it's a simple message that we can receive and then once we receive it, we have an obligation and a responsibility to share it. And so here's what Jesus is saying: that He's saying this: that my message is completely pure. It is simple. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to. You don't have to. It just chill out. It's simple. God's message to you and to me and to the world is simple. It was never supposed to be complicated, and it never will be complicated. This is what he told them to do out of Mark 6. He says, they went out and they preached that people should repent. Didn't say they went out and preached that people should get rich. Didn't say they went out and preached that, that, that people should, should do this or go to the 13th heaven and show up here and see gold dust and go, get rubies falling out of their nose. Or, he said, go out and preach preach that people should repent. This is the basics of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody says, amen. It's the basics. It's kind of like um, Vince Lombardi, he, he had his football team and they were doing terrible. And he brought them in the locker room and they're all sitting in front of him and he picks up a, a football and he says, men, this is a football. This is Jesus' Vince Lombardi moment. I'm not comparing Jesus to Vince Lombardi. But I'm saying, he's bringing simplicity. This is all you need. This is the gospel. The message of the gospel is simple. It can be summed up in this. God loves us, but because we're sinners, we can't enjoy that loving relationship with him until we repent. That's it. And here's, here it is, my friends. It's not our job to convert people. You can't convert anybody. Only the Holy Spirit can do that and bring people to Jesus. But it is our privilege and responsibility to invest into relationships, to share the love of Jesus through our lives and with our mouths, and to invite them to the church that God's called you to be a part of. That's our responsibility. It's just not, it's just not good enough just to, to love them. Because you got to have a purpose. We love them and invest in relationships so that we can share our story with them. But that's just not good enough either. They need a community to be a part of. They need a church to call their own. They need pastors in their lives and leaders in their lives to help them on the journey of becoming what God has called them to become. That's the purpose of the church according to Ephesians 4. So this whole idea that we have a responsibility to invest into relationships and to invite people to our church that God's called us to be part of this family. Listen, you don't have to be a scholar to tell people about Jesus, but we do need to tell people about Jesus. We do need to be open with our faith. We do need to be okay to share Jesus Christ to the world. Listen, just as a side note for us Christians, your job is not to condemn the world. I hope you understand that. Your job is not to tell people how wrong they are. Your job is to tell people that they need Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit tell them how wrong they are. Let the Holy Spirit convict them of their sins. You can't convict anyone, but you can can condemn them with your words. And so your job is is to go and tell them, listen, God loves you and he wants a relationship with you, but you need to repent and come to him and he will accept you and receive you and transform your life forever. So think about this, 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave a message that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Listen, it hasn't changed. Nothing has shifted. Our methods are a little different, but the message is exactly the same. And so we celebrate that today, that Jesus says, listen, you're, you're striving to make the ministry that God's called each one of us to be a part of so complicated. Don't. Don't worry about it. Just love people. Share with them your faith. And when they open up, just let them know that, listen, you can't have a relationship with God unless you repent. So we invest in relationships. We share God's love with them, and we invite them to church. Can you do that? Seven of us can do it. That's incredible. That's incredible. Listen, yeah, Jesus had 12. Listen, we've only got seven. So anyway. Can you do that? So you can invest into relationships. Are you telling me you can share the gospel with them or the love of Christ? And then here's the crazy, you can invite them to your church? Can you do that? Amen. I'm going to hold you to it next week. All right, here we go. Number two, the simple life that Jesus has uh, invited us to is number two. He gave us permission to live free from the grip of stuff. Permission to live free from the grip of stuff. I will tell you this. Stuff is seductive. And the more stuff you get, the more stuff you want then the more stuff you get, then the more you focus on protecting the stuff and then you end up missing out on life because you're so saturated with stuff. Jesus told his 12, he said this, take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Listen, for like personalities like me, I'm like, oh good Lord, this is great. I didn't wanna pack anyway. But for some of you who are planners, this is freaking you out right now. I said, my mother-in-law, she is a planner. So when we, if we ever go somewhere, if you have a headache, she's got something. If you, if you have an asthma attack, she's got it. If you have a rash, she's got some powder somewhere. If you sever an arm, she has a replacement somewhere in her, in her back. <laughs> she's a planner. But Jesus said, hang on, hang on. I don't want you to trust in stuff. I want you to trust in me. That's what he's saying. And here, here it is. It wasn't, Jesus didn't even tell them. He wasn't like, hey, listen. Listen, fellas, you need to pack light, okay? Just take this. Make sure you, you take a, a Bible with you. No, no. He, he said, not, he didn't say pack light. He said pack nothing. Don't, don't take anything. And so I believe that Jesus was teaching us a lesson on simplicity And how to live free from the seduction and the worry of stuff. See, there's a lie that we believe on on TV. You know what the lie is? It says happiness can be purchased. That's the lie. Your pleasure is on the other side of your credit card swipe. What you're really seeking in life is just on the other side of you just laying down a wad of cash. And then you'll be happy. Sometimes we think the American dream is like life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. That's what we think it is. But here's, here's how we sum up. Here's, here's how, how I would sum up the American dream. It involves spending money to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't even like. Spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't even like. This is, this is the reality of all of us where we fall into. This American dream, get more stuff and I'll be happy. Listen, more stuff won't make you happy. If that were true, obviously the people with more stuff would be the happiest people on the planet. But we know very, very clearly that they're not. Jesus gave us the outcome about our stuff on the earth. You worried about stuff? If You worried about figuring all this stuff out? You worried about protecting your stuff? He says, listen, yeah, you can worry about it, but the fact is this, thieves are going to steal it and moths are going to eat it. You can't take it with you. It's over. When it's over, you can't take it with you. So don't live in the the grip of stuff. Jesus is teaching you that if you want to be used of God, then stuff cannot be a distraction for you. Jesus said this out of Matthew 6, 24, says this, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't do it. He doesn't say you shouldn't. He doesn't say it's a bad idea. He says you can't do it. You can't do it. And, And for us, we have to determine what's more important is that Having stuff or serving God. The reality is this money is not bad. God calls us to steward money, take care of money. All types of great programs out there that help you have God's mindset about money. Dave Ramsey is one of them. He has an incredible view of money and he's helped so many people around the world. But the fact is this money is not bad. It's actually good if you're using it for good. If God has blessed you with wealth and given you the ability and skills to, to make money, then praise God. Use it for his glory. If he hasn't, then praise God. Use what you have for his glory. Amen? Amen. Jesus is teaching that the substance of life. So for me, the substance of my life has nothing to do with the abundance of my possessions. Has nothing to do with it. Somewhere along the way, we fall into the seduction and the trap of stuff. It's what we do with our life that matters. Purpose matters. On a side note, if you find yourself worrying about being consumed about your stuff, how to, how to get your stuff, how to keep your stuff, how to protect your stuff, listen, if you want to break free from that stronghold of stuff on your life, this is the antidote. This is how you fix it. Start giving financially and regularly. Start doing that. The moment you do that, it breaks the back of that seduction over your life. And then all of a sudden you find yourself not worrying as much, not, not being as, as, as anxious. And then you find that God begins to bless you even more so that you can be more generous with what he's given you. Amen? That's a biblical principle. And we need to understand that walk in that. Another simple lesson from Jesus is number three, when we fail, shake it off and keep moving. Shake it off and keep moving. Jesus knew the disciples wouldn't be welcome in every town that they went to. He knew it because he promised them, hey, just so you know, world hates me, it's going to hate you too. Somewhere along the way, we bought into this lie that everybody's going to like us. Everybody's going to like celebrate us when we walk in the room. Everybody's going to be like high-fiving us. Oh, you're one of those Jesus followers. High-five. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And it didn't happen to, to these disciples either. And so this is why he said this in Mark six eleven. He said this. If any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet, and move on. Get going. He said that it would be a testimony against him. This is what I, I believe Jesus was saying. One, he didn't want the, 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 the dirty attitude of those people um, not receiving the gospel, not receiving the ministry of the disciples. He didn't want them staying there and trying to, to labor and convince him. And, and, and kind of arm wrestle them into receiving the gospel. He said, no, no, no. When they reject you, this is what you do. You just shake the dust off and move on. Think about this. For these disciples, their job was to go and preach. So they show up at a place... They find a house, they start preaching, no one receives them. What's that going to feel like? It's going to feel like a major failure. They're going to feel like, man, I, I, I blew it. Jesus, I, I, don't, I can't do it. Jesus said that, no, don't live in your failure. Get out of the house of your failure. Shake it off and move on. And this is what Jesus is talking to us about today, that which I want to apply to us. He was giving them some, some advice that what feels like a failure for us, we need to shake it off And move on. Everyone fails in our lives. Just as a show of hands today, as a part of participating, how many here have ever failed in your life? Raise your hand. 99%, except for 1%, liars. (laughs) He goes, Then I failed. I'm so sorry. That's funny. That's funny. All of us have failed. This is what we need to understand. God uses people who understand that failure isn't fatal. Listen, you're going to fall down at times in life. You're going to blow it, but you know what separates you? You, you know what? You know what actually makes you a wise person? Let's read out of Proverbs twenty-four. When we fail, this is what makes us wise. Wise. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again and again and again, and again. This is the difference. You shake it off, and you move on. Thomas Edison once, he was working on, um, on, a, on a light bulb, and he was trying to find a, a filament that would burn for more than just a few seconds, and he tried 700 types of filaments, and so this reporter went to him and said, listen, Thomas, it must be frustrating to work so hard and see little results, and Edison replied, Oh, no, no, no. I've got lots of results. I know 700 things that won't work. (laughs) He got back up, and he kept trying. The Bible is full of people with personal failures. Full of them. Abraham was a liar, but he shook off the shame of that, shook the dust of that, and became the father of a great nation. And through his lineage became the blessing to the world, which was Jesus Christ. Moses was a murderer, but he shook off the, that bad season where where he he was conflicted in who he was, and he ended up killing a an Egyptian sh- soldier, and he ran for his life, and he was depressed out in the middle of the des- in, in the desert, but. Moses shook off the dust of that failure and became a great leader of the children of God. David was a womanizer. He struggled with lust. He was an accessory to murder. But he shook off that shame and that guilt and overcame it with the grace of God to finish strong and be a man after God's own heart. Peter cursed and denied even knowing Jesus three times in one night but he repented, he shook off the dust of that failure and that emptiness and that self-loathing that he felt, and he became the leader of the first church. Sure, you've failed. Yes, we've all failed, but don't let that keep you from being what God has called you to be. Shake it off and keep moving on. Amen? Amen. So many times, our shortcomings, our mistakes, our failures become what what holds us back. It's It's what keeps place repeat in our minds about how insignificant, how 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 lousy we are, how inadequate we are, how vulnerable we are, how weak we are. And we live in our house of mistakes. Some common situations that I just want to practically apply to us this morning that we can shake the dust off of our lives and move on. And this is what God invites all of you to do today. Shake off, first off, shake off and move on from number one, rejection. The disciples faced rejection. Jesus said, no, no, you shake it off and you move on. I've still got a great plan for you. Jesus understood rejection. He was rejected. The, the earlier story we read a couple of weeks ago, he's rejected in his hometown. He understood it, but Jesus shook the dust off of that his his hometown's rejection and moved on with his ministry. He didn't he didn't turn around. He didn't curse the town. He didn't get his disciples to say, can you believe they would reject me? He didn't get a, a, a group of gaggling, gossiping gals and say around, hey, but can you believe that someone would do this to me? And I can't believe that you did this. And can you believe that he did that? No, he didn't. He just shook it off and he continued to move on with his ministry. He wouldn't allow the, the, the rejection to define him or his ministry. And you should not either in your life. Chances are, all of us have suffered from some rejection in our life, in our past. Just as there, I'm sure there are people in your life that you, you hung out with. And all of a sudden, they said, you know what? I don't want you in my life. You can leave me alone. Jesus tells us to do what the disciples do. Shake off the dust and keep moving forward forward. Do not let that define who you are or what God has for your life. The second thing that we need to shake off and keep moving on from is number two, broken relationships. Broken relationships many times can be such a hindrance in our lives because what it does when we go through a relationship that breaks down and and gets funky on us, what happens is is we we have PTSD for when, when we start approaching any other relationships. We're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Last one, it hurt bad. And I and I can I can understand that. Many many of us, maybe you've had past relationships that have been broken. Maybe it was a friend, the things didn't work out. All of a sudden, it kind of broke down, or an in-law, a, a family member, a fiance, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, even a former spouse. And it broke down and you're living in the dust of this failure. You feel like, "What I should have been able to make it work. And maybe if I would have done this and I would have done that. And you're living in this dust of condemnation and failure. And you're not shaking it off and moving on. The Lord invites you today to make the decision, I'm going to shake this off and I'm going to move on. If reconciliation is possible, then you pursue it. But it takes two people to reconcile. If you want to and they do not, you are not responsible for their, for their um, resistance to the will of God to reconcile. And you need to shake it off and you need to move on and be free from that dust and stain on your life. Another thing that we can do we need to shake off and, and move on. And this one just really felt like the Lord spoke this to me very clearly. This is number three. This is for parents. We need to shake off and move on from perceived parenting fails. Perceived parenting fails. So many parents live in this, this cloud of failures. You try your best. You do your best to love and to care and something goes wrong and your child makes a mistake and and they make a bad decision. They end up in in trouble or, or something happens in their life. And you are stuck today in a dust cloud of condemnation, of failure, as I'm not enough, I should have done this, I should have done that. We rehearse every situation that we had that we could have handled different but we didn't or we should have said this and maybe that would have helped. And we just live in this dust cloud of failure, this dust cloud of, of, uh, of condemnation on ourselves. And here's the reality, the enemy is eating your lunch You need to know that the Lord, yes, you learn from those things, but the Lord wants you to shake that cloud off and begin moving on. Start over today. We hold ourselves as parents to high standards as we should, but we forget of the perfect parent, God the Father, who had two children. And he gave them the perfect environment he, he, he fed them the best quality food. He hung out with them. He had, he had evening time with them. he come down and walk with them in the cool of the evening. He shared with them. He empowered them. He gave them chores. He, he was perfect in his parenting. And they still chose to go their own way. What that tells us is that you cannot... You cannot control your children's choices, neither can God. He was the perfect parent, and yet his children went off the rails. Now, he he created a way of reconciliation. You today, this is my, my hope for you as parents step into the grace that God has for you, stop living in this condemnation. I can't do this and I can't be involved in ministry or I can't serve anywhere because I've failed as a parent. Well, so did God then. You need to be set free. Shake off the dust. Reconcile. Do your best to do so. And move on. Amen? Amen. Number four. Something you need to shake off and move move on from is number four. confessed and forgiven sin. So many of us live with the mistakes of our past, defining what God can do with us in the future. And here's the truth, if you confess your sin, the Father says that He's removed your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. So if you confessed your sin and you've been forgiven from your sin, you are living In a cloud of condemnation that God doesn't even remember, because He's forgiven you. He's given you the way and the road. He's given you the power. He's given you the grace to walk it out. And He's He has forgiven you. He has set you free. So, one John nine or one John one says this: If we confess our sins to Him, look at this, He is faithful. Everybody say faithful. faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. How many are grateful for that verse? Amen, amen. You might be the product of your past, but you are not a prisoner of it. Jesus has set you free. It's time you begin to walk in the freedom that Jesus has purchased and brought you. And these are the simple things in life that all of us can learn from, we can grow from, we can take a step forward in. And I know that in this room there are areas that all of us, we need to shake off the dust of some failure in your life and move on. Make a decision that I, I'm going to move on from this failure. I'm going to move on from that time that I blew it. I'm going to move on from that broken relationship. I'm going to move on from the condemnation of of. of, of, of Struggling to be a good parent and, and my children going their own way. I'm going to move on from that. I'm no longer going to allow my past to define what Jesus wants to do in my future. That's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't ask your past what your future is, is full of. It actually, the gospel asks Jesus Christ what his future is for you. That's it. And so we need to step in and walk in. No longer be under condemnation of our our sin, of our failures, of, of something we did that we're ashamed of. Let's today make a step forward and be children of victory that break through the clouds of condemnation into the blue sky of God's grace. And let's live the rest of our life in a place of joy and happiness and life and significance and purpose. And let's know God and let's make a difference with our lives. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.